Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. Today's episode is going to focus on the decision of how to pay for college. Uh, And this is probably more geared for individuals who have juniors or seniors in high school or current college students that are having to deal with the current realities of the, the investment market as well as our interest rate environment. So let's say you have your upcoming tuition bill due. And uh, in this situation, we're saying you're going to owe $30,000. And maybe it's so for the whole year or just for upcoming semester. Um, and if you're you know, paying 10, put 10,000 in that number. But for the, for the math, we're going to say you have a $30,000 bill due. And you were proactive in saving for college. So you have either, you know, possibly some company stock that you are letting uh, accumulate in a stock purchase plan or maybe a bonus plan that you had, or maybe you have a 529 that you put aside or receive gifts from a grandparent, or you just have, you know, some investment accounts that you were, you know, diligently saving into. So in those accounts is is enough money to pay for that $30,000. Uh, but the challenge you're, you're dealing with right now is the value of that money, that investment account has gone down probably over the last 12 months. Uh, even if it was invested in you know, bonds, bonds have seen a loss of principal. So unless that money was just sitting in cash, there's a chance that it's lost value in the last 12 months. So as a parent or a guardian or, or whoever's writing the check, you're having to make this decision of, okay, I owe the school $30,000. Um, if I sell the stock to pay the school, I am you know, basically taking a loss on that money, um, but the bill's paid. The other option you might have is to look at some form of you know, student loan, um, you know, either you know, through parent loans or parent plus loans, um, and, or even maybe a Stafford loan if your child has not you know, really taken advantage of any of the student loans to this point. So you have the access to get some debt or borrow that money, um, but the the challenge is, you know, rates a year ago might have been three or four or five percent on that loan. Now with interest rates going up, you know, let's say that the interest rate you're going to be paying on that student loan, you know, might be fixed at seven percent or even higher. Um, but for this numerical example, let's use seven percent. So is it better to take the loss on the stock? or finance it and pay the pay the loan off over time and allow that money to recover uh, in the markets and, and at that point maybe pay the loan down at when, once I've recovered some of my investment losses. Um, and this is not uh, an easy question and this is not an easy answer either because it takes into all the what ifs and unknowns about what's going to happen in the markets over the next few years, what's going to happen to interest rates, uh, what's going to happen to your cash flow and your job status and all the other things. So, you know, in our last episode, we talked about using a decision tree to kind of understand the the trade-offs of any decision. And you can kind of apply that to, to this scenario. Um, but I, I wanted to dive a little bit more into uh, kind of the the money, the numbers behind kind of the compounding interest in, in, in what you're looking at in this specific situation. So, like I said, you've got a tuition bill due or you know it's coming due in the next six months and it's for $30,000. And uh, you start doing some numbers crunching and say, okay, well, if I borrow that $30,000 uh, and I assume it's going to be, a, they they want me to pay it back over 10 years and the interest rate is 7%, that 
that's basically going to be a $350 a month loan payment for the next 10 years. So, um, you know, one of the first questions you ask yourself is, could I afford that? So at my current cash flow, if I had to pay an extra $350 while waiting for the markets to recover, could I afford it without, you know, running up credit card debt somewhere else or feeling anxious or stressed that I can't take a vacation or we can't, you know, enjoy the holidays as much as we had in the past? So, um, you know, cash flow is one one question. Uh, the second thing is, um, you know, your overall risk. So if in order to do this strategy, yes, you're borrowing money to let money stay invested, uh, the money that it stays invested, you have to understand that, you know, they could go down even further before it comes back. Um, so you have to understand, you know, your level of risk tolerance around those markets. Um, you also maybe ask, you know, are there any un unexpected, you know, monies that might be coming in or other expenses that might pop up? So if you're in this situation and, you know, this is your last child going to college and, you know, you're expecting, you know, maybe a bonus at work or a, a gift or something that's going to be happening in like two to three years from now that would provide like a chunk of cash. Uh, you might be more apt to borrow the money, let your other money stay invested, uh, knowing that you can just pay the student loan off in two or three years. On the flip side, if this is your first child and you know you've got other children coming behind or, you know, you've got a kitchen that needs to be updated in two or three years, uh, you may not want to take on the debt right now because uh, you might have to be borrowing additional money in two or three years and you want to have uh, you know a, a cleaner debt sheet or a little bit more liquidity in, in those situations. So obviously, like I said, not an easy decision, but let's kind of crunch the numbers to understand uh, you know what you're dealing with and then you can you know make the the decision that's best for you. So as I mentioned, if you take a thirty thousand dollar loan, to pay for that tuition bill. And at 7%, it's $350 a month for 10 years. What that basically equates to is total payments over those 10 years of a little over $42,000. So you borrowed 30, you're gonna pay back 42. So you have about $12,000 of interest that you'd pay along the way. So someone who is looking and saying, why would I, I have the money right here. Why would I pay $12,000 in interest when I could just pay it off and not have to pay interest and not have to worry about a monthly payment. And that is very logical and sound thinking. Um, so if you do that, what you don't have is you don't have that $30,000 invested. So, and let's say, you know, if it was invested maybe in company stock, that might be down 20 or 30%. Um, when you look at your last year statement, you're saying, oh, it was 50,000 and now it's 30,000. I feel so stupid. I should have sold it then. I, you know, we, we thought we were going to have a good year and I still think we're going to have a good year. I just, uh, I need that money. So if you feel confident about the money that was invested, that's down, will come back. You might be saying, well, geez, as long as that money earns at least 7% over that 10 years, would I be better off keeping it invested or would I be better off paying this loan off? So if you basically said, oh, I'm going to take the loan and I'm going to keep my $30,000 invested, what would happen if that $30,000 grew at 7% over those 10 years? And if you do a very simple straight line calculation that says, you know, $30,000 invested with 7% growth for 10 years, that future value of that money is roughly $60,000. So uh, if you... Uh, take the 30,000, invest it and earn 7% over the next 10 years, you have a pot of money with $60,000.
Now, in order to have that, you had to take a loan for the 30000 and pay interest. So along the way, you paid about $12,000 in interest. Interest. So if you kind of net out your future value minus total debts paid is uh, $60,000 minus $42,000, you have a net asset of about $18,000. So someone said, well, you know what? You can pay this loan off and I'll give you an $18,000 bonus. You might say, well, yeah, sure, I'll take that. I can afford the $350 a month and why not have an extra $18,000? But as we mentioned earlier, you know, markets are not guaranteed. You know, it could go down 10 or 15% more before it comes back, or it may never come back. Um, or depending on the investments you select, you might only generate a 5% rate of return. Um, or halfway through, you might panic and sell it all and, you know, other things come along. So, you know, balancing, you know, math, when it was just math, this is, this is an easy decision. But there's also life and there's human emotions and other people that are involved. So, um, $30,000 invested today would probably grow to about $60,000 if it was earning 7%. So if it was just math, it's an easy decision. You keep the money invested and you pay the debt off. Um, or there's option three. What if I pay the debt off and take that $350 a month that I was going to pay the student loan off with, and I start investing that automatically every single month? So if you take $350 a month and you dollar cost average it into an investment that's generating 7% annualized return. And you do that for 10 years. The future value of that investment is uh, projected to be roughly $61,000. So $61,000, which is made up of uh, $350 a month saved, which is roughly $42,000. So you put $42,000 of your own money into this investment and then through compounding interest and market growth, it grew to be about $61,000. So you say, well, geez, I can, I can either uh, take the loan and invest my money, um, or I can not take the loan and start saving my own money. And they, those two numbers come out to the same future accumulation um, you know, when it's all said and done. So which one's better? Which one's worse? You know, you have that comes down to some of the questions you have to make as an investor. So, if you have the thirty thousand dollars invested today, and let's say markets, you know, grow by nine percent over the next ten years, you have more money invested at the beginning, growing at a higher rate of return. So, you're going to have more money versus a uh, dollar cost averaging strategy, you're, you're only, you know, month one, you only have $350 invested. So that might get the 9% growth, but future dollars may not grow at the same rate. So you have to ask yourself, you know, do I believe we're going to see a little bit of a market uptick and I don't want to miss that recovery. So I'll, I'll take the loan and keep my money invested and I can always pay the loan down faster later. Um, or do I believe I hate having debt, but I also I want to start capturing more systematic savings. So I'm going to pay the note off. I'm going to pay the, the loan. I'm going to pay the bill in cash, but then automatically set up a $350 a month savings into a, a stock of fund or a Roth IRA or whatever it may be. Um, you know, so once again, math being the same, it's an easy decision. But you know, you have to understand you as a saver. So. Are you the type of person that might set up a monthly distribution and then six months in be like, um, I'm going to change. It. I'm going to spend some of that money. So now you've paid the paid the tuition bill in cash. So you don't have the money available for other things and you're not capturing any of the monthly savings. So you're losing out on future compounding interest. Um, 
If you're the type of person that you're currently, maybe things are a little bit tight cash flow wise, but you know you're going to be taking a new job that's going to get a significant pay raise, or you have a significant other that might be going back into the workforce, or all of a sudden you're going to have more money coming free because maybe you're paying off a car that now six or $700 a month is going to be freed up. You might be able to take the student loan, pay the $350 a month, and then maybe systematically pay a little bit more. So you pay the principal down faster. Uh, so lowering your interest payments, but keeping that $30,000 that you have invested, invested for the future. Hopefully, uh, as we kind of dig deeper into the numbers and all the possible strategies, you know, uh, last episode, I talked about something called analysis paralysis. And it's these types of situations that can drive people crazy. And uh, and a lot of times they just will stick their head in the stand and try to do either nothing or the path of least resistance. So um, usually the path of least resistance is selling the stock at a loss, paying off tuition, and five or six years from now going, ah, markets recovered, or I should have kept my money in that company stock because it's up or blah, blah, blah. Um, so what you don't want to do is look back four or five years and have regrets about the decisions you made because you didn't put enough time or effort into the thought process. We don't know what's going to happen in the future, but if you basically do the, the homework now to say, okay, I understand all the potential paths forward, or at least the, the primary ones that I'm going to focus on, and I feel most comfortable with this one. I understand what I'm gaining. I understand what I'm missing out on. And I'm not going to second guess or regret my decision uh, to go down this path. And if you do that type of thought process and you, you, you're coming to decisions that way with that amount of confidence, uh, you're going to find that you're making better and more effective financial decisions for you and for your family so that they align with your goals. So, because like I said, this is not an easy decision. There's not a, a one solution, you know, you can't just say, hey, everyone should do this, um, but there's definitely a right decision for you. Um, and as I mentioned, your tuition bill might only be $6,000 or it might be $60,000, unfortunately. Um, and But the same concepts apply and the same decision-making should can apply. Um, so if, if you're in this position, hopefully you know, listening to these numerical examples gives you some some kind of thought process. And if you're kind of you know questioning what type of investor you are, maybe you can you know kind of you know, test your, your, your risk and resolve in these types of situations. So, um, you know, over time, you, you markets tend to be efficient. So the longer you stretch this time out over, uh, you know, you, you're reducing the risk of market volatility. Um, the longer you pay the debt off, you're also increasing the amount of interest you pay. So you have to kind of look at this, these, these changing worlds. So, um, but it, uh, hopefully this, this helps you to kind of, you know, start to think through your process and make sure that you're not going to regret the decisions when it comes to paying that tuition bill. And ultimately we all, you know, the hope is that that tuition bill will, re will reward you and, you know, re return uh, many X factors to your family through your, your, your child's future endeavors. So, um, you know, this may not be a, a huge financial decision, but like I said, it's one that's worth spending a few minutes to think about. So until next time, I'm Matt Schroeder. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Great Points with Matt Schroeder.
Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.